six. I don't know what came over me right then. I had been so afraid, so terrified, but it was like something just snapped in my head. I couldn't just hide and watch. I couldn't. You filthy! I jumped to my feet. I snatched up a piece of rusted iron pipe from the ground and started to climb over the wall. I guess I just went crazy or something. It had to be craziness, because there was no way that I, alone, armed with a piece of pipe, was going to accomplish anything. No! The Andalite silent cry made me hesitate. I felt Marco's hands grabbing at my shirt and pulling me back. Tobias and Marco held me down. Rachel put her hand over my mouth. I was trying to scream or curse or something. Shut up, you idiot! Marco hissed. You're going to get us all killed! Jake, don't! Cassie put her hand on my cheek. He doesn't want you to die for him. Don't you realize? He's dying for us. I shoved Marco and Tobias away angrily, but I was in control of myself again. I peeked over the wall again. The Andalite Prince was helpless in the grasp of Visser Three. I saw him held high in the air. I saw Visser Three open his monstrous, gaping jaws. I saw the Andalite fall into that open mouth. The mouth closed. The teeth ripped the Andalite apart. And the Andalite Prince, Alfangor Sirionel Shamtul, died. At the very end, he cried out. His cry of despair was in our heads. His cry will always be in our heads. The Hork Bajir controllers began making a huffing sound like a whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe they were laughing or applauding. The Taxon controllers rushed forward and crowded around Visser 3. They seemed to be stretching up toward him, and then I saw why. A piece of the Andalite fell from the Visser's jaws, and the nearest Taxon greedily gobbled it up. Tobias turned away and covered his face. Cassie had tears streaming from her eyes. So did I. I heard a sound that was strange because it was so normal. It was laughter. Human laughter. The humans, the human controllers, because that's what they were, were laughing like they were at some kind of show. For a moment, it seemed to me that one of those laughing voices was familiar, like I'd heard it before, but then the sound was swallowed up in the huffing of the hork Bajir. Mr. Three morphed out of his monstrous form and slowly regained his Andalite body. Ah, I heard him think. Nothing like a good Ontarian Bogmore for taking a bite out of your enemies. Again, the human controllers laughed and the hork Bajir controllers huffed and I heard a familiar human laugh I could not quite place. Marco started throwing up. It was an understandable thing to do, but somehow the sound caught the attention of the nearest hork Bajir. The snake had turned. He was perfectly still. We were perfectly still. The hork Bajir turned toward us. The nearsighted eyes were aimed directly at our little hiding place. I don't know who panicked first. Maybe it was me. Maybe we'd all just had all the fear and horror we could stand. It was like an electric shock went through all of us. We were running before I had a chance to even know what I was doing. I ran. I gasped for air. A cry went up from the hork Bajir. Split up! I yelled. They can't follow all of us! Marco and Tobias and Cassie took off in three different directions. Rachel was still right beside me. Glancing back, I saw the hork Bajir hesitate, unsure who to chase. Rachel and I are the fastest runners. Tobias is totally out of shape, and Marco and Cassie are too short to be really fast. So I figured if the aliens were going to chase anyone, it ought to be us. I guess Rachel thought the same thing. She slowed down just a little and began yelling and waving her arms. Come on, come on you! And then she said some words I didn't realize Rachel even knew. The two nearest hork Bajir snapped around and took off after us. Kafrash, here! Kafrash, fit! Enemy, get! 
Even in my panic, it surprised me. They were talking some mix of their own alien language and ours. Refresh, fit the har. I get, I kill. I ran. Suddenly, my foot slammed something and I was down. I hit the ground hard. The wind was knocked out of me. I tried to fill my lungs again. Rachel ran on. She didn't know I had fallen. A spear of red light struck a concrete pipe just beside me. The concrete vaporized. The two hork were coming after us, bounding like some devil kangaroos. I was up and running. Rachel must have realized I wasn't with her anymore. She stopped and started to come back toward me. Don't be an idiot! I yelled. Run! She hesitated just a second, but she knew she couldn't do anything more for me. She ran. I saw a dark hole ahead and raced toward it. A doorway. Inside it was as black as a grave. It was one of the buildings that had been almost completed. Just bare concrete walls and scattered junk. But I knew I had been in here before. Marco and I had walked all through it. There were hallways and little side rooms. It was like a maze. Marco! Rachel! Had they gotten away? And what about Cassie and Tobias? I tried to get my brain to concentrate as I scurried along the first big room. There was a corridor... somewhere. I groped in the dark and found a wall. I heard the sound of claw-like feet. Huge, tearing, rending claw feet scraping over the bare concrete. A bottle went skittering across the floor. The hork was close! And in the total darkness, my superior human vision wasn't much use, but I knew my way around the empty building. At least, I would have known my way around if my brain had been working. I felt my hand go into emptiness. A doorway. Yes! It led down a hallway. I went through just as the light came on behind me. Someone had brought a flashlight. If none to tell, valet, no it fit? Whatever order. No. No need to capture them. Whoever you find, kill. The first voice had been hork The second voice was human. And the weird thing was, the voice sounded familiar. I tried to think. I knew I'd heard that voice somewhere. Where? Where? Just save the head, the human told the hork Bring that to me and we can identify it. I slid quickly along the wall. The light followed just steps behind me. I racked my brains. Had there been a passageway? Yes, there it was. As silently as I could, I slipped into it. The flashlight beam was just inches behind me. I kicked something soft. Hey! It was a man. He had been lying on the ground, wrapped in a blanket. Hey, get out of here! This is my place, and I ain't got nothing for you to steal. I started to warn him, but one of the hork was there. The flashlight landed on the homeless man's face. He blinked like an owl. There was an alcove right behind me. I backed through. The homeless guy screamed. I heard the sound of a scuffle. Maybe the guy got away. I hope so. But I never found out, because with the hork distracted, I ran. I ran and ran and ran. And as I ran, I really hoped it was all a dream. Chapter 7 Somehow, I made it home. I don't know how. I have no memories of anything after that last sight of the hork I wish I had no memories of anything that happened that night. If only I could forget it all. I called around to the others. Everyone was shaky, but they were all alive. Rachel kept trying to apologize for leaving me. Marco just kept asking me if I was sure this wasn't a dream. I guess I should have had the worst nightmares of my life that night, but I didn't. The world of nightmares was a joke compared to my new reality. But by the next morning, a Saturday, I half believed it had all been a nightmare. The only thing that seemed real, really real, was the way the Andalite had of smiling with just his eyes. I woke when my mom started pounding on my door. Jake, are you awake in there? I was now. Um, yeah. 
I groaned. I'm all... Your friend Tobias is here. Tobias? What was Tobias doing here? It's me, Tobias's voice. Can I come in? Uh, sure. I sat up in my bed and blinked several times, trying to get my eyes unglued. The door opened. I heard Tobias say thank you to my mom. He was glowing. I swear, he was glowing. Not like he was radioactive or anything. I don't mean that. It's just that his eyes were shining bright, and his face was one big grin, and he seemed to be tingling with energy, bouncing like he couldn't stand still. I did it, Tobias said. I tried to get my hair to go in one direction by raking my fingers through it. What are you talking about? I was yawning when he answered. I became dude. I stopped yawning. My mouth actually snapped shut. Dude is Tobias's cat. Huh? Tobias glanced around like there might be spies in the room. I became dude, just like the Andalite said. I just stared. It was so amazing. It didn't hurt or anything. I was petting him and thinking about the whole thing last night, right? So I thought, why not give it a try? He was pacing back and forth, snapping his fingers, bursting with enthusiasm, very unlike Tobias. I didn't even know how to begin, so I just made sure the door to my room was locked. Fortunately, my uncle was still asleep. Tobias has the most screwed up family I know. He never knew who his father was, and his mother just decided to leave him a few years ago. Since then, he'd been shuffled back and forth between his uncle here and his aunt, who lives on the other coast. His aunt and uncle can't stand each other, and it's like Tobias is some burden they tried to shove off on the other. I get the feeling that neither of them cares about Tobias. So there I was, just sitting on my bed, thinking about it, concentrating, thinking about becoming dude. I looked down at my hand. He grinned at me. What do you think I saw, Jake? I shook my head slowly. I don't know. I had fur, Jake, and I was growing claws. Should have seen the real dude. He went nuts. I had to put him outside before I could morph all the way. He clawed me up pretty good. Tobias stuck a sliced finger into his mouth. I swallowed hard. Okay, this was definitely crazy now. Um, Tobias, is it possible you maybe just dreamed all of this? Not a dream, he said. Now he was serious, Tobias, again. The grin was gone. It's all true, Jake. All of it. His eyes met mine. I knew what he was saying. He had tried to pretend it was all a nightmare, too. But it was real. I looked away. I didn't want to start believing that it had all been real. I wanted it all safely stored away in my head. Just another bad dream. Bad dreams should stay in your head, not come jumping out into real life. I just kept concentrating on changing, Tobias said. And in a few minutes, I was not myself anymore. His eyes bored in on me. You have no idea what it's like, Jake. Being a cat, it's so... It's... I can't even describe it. You're so strong, for one thing. Just all this coiled power and the way you can move. You know what I did? I jumped onto my dresser. Three feet straight in the air. And I landed like a feather. Three feet! You know how high that is when you're a cat? It's like a person jumping maybe 30 feet straight up. He stopped suddenly and looked at me. You don't believe me, do you? He said. Look, Tobias, it's just that sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between something real and something you're just imagining or dreaming. You think I'm crazy? I considered for a minute. I don't know, Tobias. Let's review the facts. You say you turned into your own pet cat. Turned into an actual cat. Yes, I have to say that sounds crazy to me. Tobias nodded thoughtfully. He gave me a little smile. I understand, Jake. You still don't want it to be true. What? 
You mean, do I want to believe that you can change yourself into a cat? And all the rest of it? Do I want to believe that the Earth is being invaded by slimy slugs who live in people's brains and turn them into slaves? Do I want to believe that? That, duh, no, I don't want to believe any of it. And how about the Andalite? He said in a quiet voice. I hesitated. I don't know why, but I didn't just want to pretend the Andalite away. Tobias put his hand on my arm. Stand right there. What? What are you going to do? I'm going to help you decide whether it's real or not. Tobias, just wait, and don't scream or anything. So I waited. For a few seconds, nothing happened. Tobias just stood there. I glanced at his face. His eyes... His eyes were different. The pupils weren't completely round anymore. I swear there was a reflective greenish light in them. And his mouth was protruding a little, puffing out. He was shrinking, growing smaller right before my eyes. The neck of his shirt was loose. His pants started scrunching up at his ankles. He was shriveling. And at the same time, fur, yes, fur, began to grow on his hands and neck and face. It was gray, striped with black, just like dudes. I had this absurd desire to start giggling. Tobias was becoming a tabby cat. But I knew if I started giggling, I'd just keep on and on and never, ever be able to stop. Tobias was more cat than human now. The pointed ears rose atop his head. The whiskers stuck straight out from beneath his delicate pink nose. He had dropped to all fours, clothing now half-draped over him, like so many rags. His tail twitched. Yes, his tail. I wondered if I would just drop dead from the lump that had filled my throat, or from the jackhammer pounding of my heart. Then I wondered if I was still asleep. But if this was a dream, it was a really convincing one. I was standing there in my bedroom, staring down at a grey-black cat that less than two minutes earlier had been my friend Tobias. Chapter 8 I hope I'm asleep, I muttered. I really do. You're not asleep. Is that you? I demanded of the cat. Can you hear me? Tobias sounded surprised, although sounded wasn't quite the right word. Yes, I said cautiously. I didn't know I could send thoughts like this, Tobias said. Just like the Andalite. I guess it only works when you're... morphed. I'm talking to a cat, I realized, and I thought Tobias was crazy? I wondered if Tobias could hear my thoughts. I concentrated. Tobias, can you hear me? Yeah, he said. I hear you. Did you hear my thoughts before that? I asked. No, I don't think it works that way. I think you have to think at me for me to hear. Hey, watch this. Suddenly, Tobias leapt through the air. He pounced precisely on an autographed baseball that was lying in the corner. Maybe a four-foot jump. This is so excellent. Hey, pull a string for me, Chase. Pull a string? Why? Because it's fun. I dug into my desk drawer and found a length of string left over from a birthday gift. I'm not exactly big on keeping my room clean. The string was from a birthday two years ago. How's this? I drew the string slowly across the floor, a foot or more from Tobias's nose. He settled back on his haunches and began wiggling his hindquarters. He pounced. He landed on the string, grabbing it with his sharp teeth, rolled over, and began ripping at the string like it was the only thing on earth that mattered. I tried to pull the string away, but he pounced again. Yes! Got it! Tobias, what are you doing? Pull it faster! I see it! I got it! Tobias, what are you doing? I shouted. You're playing with a string! Suddenly, he stopped. His tail twitched. He looked up at me with those cold cat eyes. I'm sure I saw a look of confusion there. I... I don't know, he admitted. It's like... 
Like, I'm me, but I'm also dude. I want to chase the string and oh man, if there was a real life mouse around, I'd really love to track it. To follow it so quietly, to listen to its heartbeat, to hear its scratchy little feet. I'd wait till just the right moment, and then a perfect pounce through the air, claw stretched out. He extended his claws to demonstrate. Tobias, I think we're learning something here, I said. Amazing how quickly I was becoming used to the idea of talking to a cat. What? What are we learning? I think you aren't just Tobias. I think you really are a cat. I mean, you have all the same instincts. You want to do things a cat wants to do. Yes, I can feel it. It's like I'm two different animals melded into one. I can think like a person, and like a cat. You better change back, I said. He nodded his cat head up and down. Very weird to see, I can tell you. A cat nodding yes in a thoughtful, normal way. You're right. The change back to human form was at least as strange as the change to cat. The fur disappeared, leaving bare patches of pink skin behind. A nose grew out of the flat cat face. The tail was sucked up like a snake going up a vacuum cleaner. Tobias stood there, looking embarrassed. He quickly put on his clothes. Maybe with some practice we can figure out how to change back into our clothes. We? He smiled, his gentle smile again. Don't you get it yet, Jake? If I can do it, so can you. I shook my head. I don't think so, Tobias. Suddenly, he grew angry. He grabbed me by both my shoulders and actually shook me. Don't you understand, Jake? It's all true. All of it. I pushed him away. I didn't want to hear it, but he kept after me. Jake, it's all true. The Andalite gave these powers to us for a reason. Fine, I snapped. You use them. I will, he said, but we need you, Jake. You most of all. Why me? He hesitated. Jeez, Jake, don't you understand? I know what I can do and what I can't do. I can't make plans and tell people what to do. I'm not the leader. You are. I laughed rudely. Ha! <laughs> I'm not the leader of anything. He just looked at me with those deep, troubled eyes. Eyes I can now see only in my memory. Yes, Jake, you are our leader. You are the one who can bring us all together and help us defeat the controllers. We have the ability to be much more than we are. To have the stealth of a cat, and... And the eyes of an eagle, and the sense of smell of a dog, and... And the speed of a horse, or a cheetah. We're going to need it. All of it if we have any hope of holding out against the controllers. I wanted it not to be true. I wanted none of it to be true. But I knew that it was. I nodded slowly. It felt like I was agreeing to something awful. Like I was volunteering for a trip to the dentist or something much worse. It felt like a million pounds of weight had just landed on my shoulders. I knew what I had to do next. Well, I said grimly, I guess I'd better go find Homer. Homer, that's my dog. Hey all you listeners out there, it's your host and friend, Daniel. We did it! We made it through another episode of this wacky thing we call life. Er, uh, we call Audiomorphs. That's the name of the show. Um, today I want to give a special shout out to my neighbor's dog, whom I hate very much, because, le- listen, listen, let me tell you about this dog. This dog that whenever anyone walks by their house or like, down the street, or, like, just anywhere, this stupid dog uh, decides it needs to bark for the next 20 minutes. Non-stop! Um, and the very bad acoustics of this house picks that up and 
while also my window is like directly next to this dog like it's about two feet is the distance between my window and the neighbor's house where the dog is outside and barking and I hate it very very much and it makes me very angry anyway to hear more of this podcast uh, please visit soundcloud.com slash audiomorphscast or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com you can reach me at audiomorphscast at gmail.com please i'm very lonely also listen you know as long as we're here as long as we're chat as long as we're chatting uh listener i uh tried to google audiomorphscast to see what my uh seo is it's turns out it's very bad um because there's a band called audiomorphs which is the reason why my soundcloud is audiomorphscast and yeah, that's just all that comes up when you when you Google this. Um, so I guess like tell a friend, so because they're not gonna find it on Google. But I will see you next week. Bye bye.